Welcome to the Cackalack Panthers Chat Podcast, coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City. Folks, we are the official, unofficial Carolina Panthers Podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of those individuals making them. Opinions may change on the fly, after conscious deliberation, or for no reason whatsoever. And finally, as Mel likes to remind us, we are grossly unqualified to give our opinions on professional football players, but we in no way let that stop us or even give us pause. My name is Adam. I am one of your four hosts. I have here with me BK, Wilstradamus, and Mel. Are y'all ready to get started? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, BK. So who is today's sponsor? Thanks, Adam. This week's podcast is brought to you by the officiating crew from this past weekend's game. When you just can't stand not being the center of attention. I like it, BK. Yeah. So, y'all, this week we dropped the game to the Browns. What is your one-word reaction to the game, BK? I'm a little bit glad that I've had a little bit of time to step away from the game because my initial word coming out of the game I think was going to be something really angry like you know something stolen you can't say on the frustrated or some other word that I wouldn't want my kids hearing me say mm-hmm. but after some thought I'm going to go with improvement wow and the reason that's I'm, not my word either I know I know but <laughs> let me let me here's why here's why first the first three quarters were awful. Truly. There was very little. Now, the defense wasn't terrible, well, but they, they were weren't good. good. They, they weren't were good, good, but they kept you. it somewhat within reach. Oof. Somewhat. The offense was abysmal. The fourth quarter was exciting, promising. This is way I, more than one word. I'm just going to. Well, no, that's why I'm saying my one word is improvement. And I say all that to say... Here's my 5,000 caveats. Well, it's not really caveats. I'm just explaining why my word is improvement. The fourth quarter was very exciting. We almost won the game. And from last year, I don't think we would have ever seen a finish like that, a fourth quarter like that. So I'm not ready to just, you know, say we lost one game and say we're not going to win anymore, we're going to be horrible, we're going for the number one draft pick. So, again, after a little bit of reflection and time removed from the game, I'm just going with improvement. Well, I'm going to stay true to the question, and here is my one word that described the game. Sucked! (laughs) It sucked! (laughs) That game was horrible, man. We played crappy from as bk said quarter one through quarter three we had some improvement in quarter four but you know the thing about it was is that like i don't know if i would have just rather just continued to shit the bed in the fourth quarter rather than get my feelings all wrapped up in the game believing we could win until Cade york smashed a 50 58 yard field goal and he still had about 10 yards to go on it. So it was a great kick. It was a phenomenal kick. What are your thoughts, Mel? My word would be deflating because I was going into the game so optimistic for the season and thinking that the sky was the limit. And you just quickly got brought down to earth. <laughs> True. Uh, well, I agree with all three words. And 
additional 5,000 used mm. to describe the game. Uh, frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that on you. You weren't saying much during the game. It, it was... It, there was improvement towards the end. There were some really great plays. I agree. We could not have made those in, in years, years past. Uh, Robbie made some, made some good plays. Uh, Baker made some good plays. And, you know, after watching the, the Broncos Seahawks game last night, I really don't blame rule too much. You know, Uh, did, did y'all see what happened at the end? I, well, I saw what happened, but I don't know how that ties to Matt Rule. Yeah. Uh, watching the Broncos' new head coach bungle the time management and field goal kicking decisions um, made me fault Matt Rule less for this this game. He's a better coach in comparison, so I guess that's one good thing to take away from this. So one coach's ineptitude made you feel better about our coach's ineptitude. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. And you, you yeah. know what else about that game made me feel better was the fact that Russell Wilson lost too on his big, you know... I did think about that. Revenge game. All yeah. three revenge games were lost by... Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say this, though. And Will, were, Will and I were sitting beside of each other on the couch, and... Um, when I looked at him watching the game, I'd never really thought about it before, but I knew I was watching someone who'd watched a lot of Panthers games <laughs> <laughs> because because there was just this this certitude in his look that was like, I know no matter how good it's going right now, you know, we took the lead. It was like he could feel that it was it was still not going to go our way. I was raised on it. Yeah. yeah. I was raised on <laughs> it. You there there was just this part of you and I was like he's he is not believing that this is going to happen right now. You know, BK, BK and I were jumping up and down. We were doing like the side jump bump and all yeah. that jazz, but uh yeah. Will, he was over there. He was just like stoic. I think being a Jets fan for so many years and being raised on that has made you more optimistic about the Panthers than maybe they than you should feel. So, which is which is a very <laughs> odd thing to say, but um, I I do stay optimistic and I'm always hopeful. But I I also agree. I mean, the game was frustrating. It was deflating at the end. I think everybody is correct with the words that they picked. the The first three quarters were just. It was not what I was expecting. I'm sure I'm probably... Abysmal. Yeah, I'm probably more optimistic than I should have been going into this season. But, you know, it was was kind of astounding what was happening. I mean, just like the lack of using Christian McCaffrey at all in the first Mm -hmm. half. I don't know if you guys heard Matt Rule said it was part of his game plan not to use him because apparently he believes winning teams throw the ball more. So that was their game plan. He actually said this yesterday, I believe. Oh, wow. And um, I think he only had three rushes in the first half. And it's that's crazy because having Christian McCaffrey as one of the best running backs in the game also is what would open up the passing game. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw what happened, you know, when the ball was dropped for, I don't know how many times the ball was dropped, but one of Baker's drops, Christian just said, give me the darn ball and took off with it and got himself a first down. Yeah. Um, As he does. Thank yeah. God he was there. Thank See, God he was lined up correct. You know, at that point he was lined up 
you know, where he could scoop the ball instead of lying up as, like, at one point I saw him lying up as a wideout and, you know, different things like that. So, yeah, they, Matt Rule made a head scratching. I didn't hear that comment, but he made a head scratching comment in the uh, post game press conference where, you know, because he was specifically asked, like, why weren't you using Christian? Were you, you know, was he on like a snap count? Was he on whatever? And he's like, no, no, there was no, there were no holes. We were just in situations where it was like, third and long consistently and you know we we were we, we didn't have really the opportunities to use him in those those scenarios and I was I was dumbfounded by that comment because one I think if there's any running back in the league that you would trust in a third and long situation especially the way that we were playing it would be Christian McCaffrey whether it's just designed mm-hmm. draw play designed um you know just Option read, design, even if you line him up in the slot and you're just planning on him just going out and sitting, he can break tackles. He can. I've seen it so many times where he's been able to take a third and long and turn it into a first down. He's one of the unique backs in the league that can do that. So I'm not sure what's going on there with Rule and whatever the thought process thought process was there but um certainly that needs to be addressed in the uh in the next game. So now, it, it, y'all, you're talking about optimism. I just have to tell you here. Y'all know Mikey. So we're at the game together, and I have never seen a more optimistic person. He and Will are polar opposites when it comes to the Panther game. <laughs> we're sitting up there. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this game is horrible. What are we doing? What We, we can't even get a first down. And then they make a big deal of it in the stadium when you get your first down. I said, right. that's the first time we said that. I think we were in, like, I don't know. It, it was... Our first first down was on a penalty. <laughs> yeah. it was. We had cr- done several three and outs. Our first first down was on a penalty. <laughs> Well, we were. I was sitting there, and he goes, "No, no, they're playing so good. You, no, no, they're they're really playing well out there. You got to see them." Like, what? Yeah, they're playing well. Mel, you got to remember, you know, Cleveland's come prepared. They're a good team. They're a good team. They got a good defense. They're getting right on them. And all those balls that kept getting batted down. I'm like, what the yeah. heck is happening it's like here? Badminton court out yeah. there. I'm, I'm like, I've never seen this before ever. And of course, I start my well. Cam Newton wouldn't let this oh, happen. Boy. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't think I gave the defense for Cleveland the credit that probably should they have been given to them. The I'm, I'm with you. I, was, yeah, with I, you. I forget that their defense has been pretty their effective four, the their last Their front four few years. Is, is good as any in the league. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's one thing I don't think I really considered. I Probably some uh, bias that most people have towards the Browns, Clowny, just assuming Garrett, they stink. But up there they have the They four. have a pretty... Yeah legit defense so i get that um one thing i think we have to talk about is um and and i think this is going to create some discussion based on our texts earlier today (laughs) is the officiating oh man yeah i um definitely some questionable calls there at the end uh you know, I, I don't know. I Will made the case that he thought it was the right call based upon the the reading of the rule. I think it is the right call. Yeah. I just if that and, and that's the that's the rushing the pass or the uh, roughing the passer yes. right. call, right? Yes. Yeah. I when you see it, I don't know. I mean, certainly that wouldn't have been the call in years past. So it it would not have been no. And it makes you wonder, like, what has to happen for a defensive lineman to make contact with a quarterback and not end up in a in a as a penalty because you know Brian Burns bull rushed the uh offensive tackle pushed him all the way up into Jacoby Brissett and 
And it was because of that that Brian Burns, I I saw it. I think you're right. There was some helmet-to-helmet contact. But what are you going to do? He was standing straight up. He didn't launch into him. No. There was nothing like that. And, you know, I, I, I almost feel like it should have probably been a no call. But... Again, I'm uh, not I'm not a ref, and that's not the only uh, call that I took issue with. But n- anyway, I, I think you see those roughing the passer calls a lot around the league as of the last. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago when they really started enforcing. A, I don't know if they rewrote the rule or if they started enforcing it differently, but really focusing on that um, that specific penalty. And I think the there was a, a hit to the head, and it's a letter of the law kind of thing which is why i think the following call the Mm non-intentional grounding call that was so bizarre because if you're doing a letter of the law application then that probably should have been a penalty it absolutely should have been and that would have changed the shoulder he looked at a wide receiver i'm I'm with you adam i'm with you yeah Yeah. and he basically explained that in his yeah. statement we were we were he did and we were all together and it was a very confusing thing to see happening live because yeah. it was obvious i mean yeah. it was it seemed pretty clear from from our angle there is no foul on the play the quarterback stepped back look at a wide receiver dipped his shoulder yeah. and then threw the ball into the ground well, it was, which he would have had to have done for it to have been a penalty but no like, penalty like, right uh hang on it was, it was so bizarre that when i was watching it live i didn't know what had happened because it looked like he was going to throw a pass to me. Right. And yes. then all of a sudden the ball was on the ground. Yeah. I thought, what just happened? I, because you, I couldn't catch, yeah. catch I it. I guarantee there's going to be some kind of refing conference that all of these guys go to, you know, in the yeah. off season, And they're going to get that. They're going to get that same video clip that we watched. And they're going to be like, all right, guys, now if you see this, this is going to be intentional grounding, just so we all know in the future. You would yeah. hope that happens, but, but I don't know if it really does. Here's the thing that gives me less heartburn about this. The way that Cade York was kicking, I don't know if that would have made a difference. That dude might have been able to he boot might have been 75 able to hit it 10 yards. yards further back. I'm just going to also tell you that I put him on the waiver wire for my fantasy team. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you picked him up, Kate York, or you dropped him? No, I tried to pick him up. I ain't got him yet, but I'm on okay. the waiver. So yeah. that I mean, I'm gonna unbelie- check if I'm ahead I mean, of you on you the waiver wire to, tonight. He looked good, dude. That I'm was, just saying that was a he really was impressive. Some, he had 16 points. 16 points as a kicker. So yeah. maybe not drafting a kicker is a bad idea after all. Oh my gosh, if he can kick like that, no. What they, was he a sixth round, fourth round, fourth highest okay. one picked? In, since 2016. Well, he's deserving. At least what he showed. Clearly. The oh, my God. He's got bricks for feet, dude. What, this thing's just powering through the... Mm. What I was going to come back to the rough in the past, I was going to say, because Will sent the, the, the official rules, and I assume they're current, but I heard... Assume. Someone on no. I copied them off the NFL website. I, I heard someone on the radio <laughs> I, after the game talking swipe. about it. Who is a who was you know I don't know who it was. Quite honestly, I was listening to him, but obviously they're on big time radio, right? And uh, not they, down here in the basement with they, us. <laughs> yeah, and they were saying that um, as of this year, they changed the roughing the passer uh, to where it's not it. it, it you can get away. What they were saying was if, if there is some helmet to helmet, as long as it's, you're not intentional, you're not leading with the helmet, you're not doing that kind of, that's what they were saying. So, uh, well, even some of the announcers didn't seem to understand why that was a roughing the passer call. So, I mean, look, I, who knows? Uh, 
It is what it is now. It's I in think, the past. I think if the rules that they're applying today would have been in force when Cam Newton was our quarterback, we would have won about 50% more games. That's probably true. From penalties. That's probably true, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of these <laughs> rules might be alone. what yeah. they are because of the abuse that Cam Newton You would hope so. Took. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think, unfortunately, the bottom line is when you play horribly for three quarters, you put yourself yes, in a position totally. where – a bad call here or there. Yes. You can shouldn't make put yourself in that position. But then again, as Mikey yep. said, and I do have to agree with some of what he said, they battled back they and did. fought as hard as they possibly could. And yep. they I mean, because right, it's a big improvement. That it is a big you don't, improvement. You don't see that. We didn't we haven't seen that in a while. It was answers. it was hope inspiring. Yeah. yeah. But we've you know, we've seen that in the past. Yeah. We've seen that a lot. The, the salt's baked in. We know what the outcome's gonna be. I don't want to stay there too long, though. But, hey, I, I do think we should talk about, a, you know, maybe everyone's, like, one negative, and then we can maybe move to, like, everybody's one positive because I already kind of led into hers. But because um, I've definitely got some critiques about the way that the team played. I mean, we talked about the quarters, see, yeah. but um, just individual, you know, sections of the team, the way that they played, I just I'd, – I'd like to chime in on that. So Yeah, would you I'm, like to start? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm go ready. ahead. Here we go. Yeah, I thought the secondary – sucked totally oh, that that totally. one pa- that <laughs> one pass interference call oh, on, uh, oh god cj yeah. henderson cj henderson he committed like three pass interferences and i you know if it, if they you know if there was a rule that you could get like 21 points for somebody doing something like that you, they would have gotten it because i mean he jumped up in the air came down and then grabbed him and then tried to wrestle all him to the ground. All with his back to the, to all the ball. All with his back <laughs> to the ball. And it's crazy because you hear, you all we heard all offseason was just like how much improvement he had had individually. Yeah. But then how how much better we felt that our secondary was. They and too, they man. sucked. CJ Horn, not great. Um, not great at all. I mean, really looked rusty out there. I mean, he fell down on one play, and if Jacoby Brissett could have hit a barn, yes. uh, Amari Cooper would have had a touchdown. You know, yes. a, another play, he uh, got called on a ridiculous um, defensive holding. You know, I, 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 you, we were talking about that. He got he was pulling the, the shirt the from behind, yeah. and it offered him absolutely no leverage. And that was a critical play because we were whole, we had held them on third down. It would have been a turnover, you know, not a turnover on downs, but it would have forced a punt. And, and we it, need those. Yeah, need you have you have to have them. And, you know, instead there's a penalty where it's first down and they're staying on the field. You know, those things those sorts of plays are demoralizing, you know, for a team, especially a team that's just it's trying to find their identity. So, you know, that's that's my biggest negative. Beyond everything else that happened, because I feel like there are reasonable takeaways from the other things that happened. The 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 horrific play of the secondary is concerning to me moving forward. So that's my take. It's it's deeply concerning, Adam. It's I I feel like I'm going to agree with you a lot tonight. <laughs> I'm down in in your land, you oh, know, man. the hundred acre woods, wallowing in the dirt. Yeah, I I really think, and and I've talked about this a little bit earlier not using Christian McCaffrey when your offense was doing nothing for three quarters. I mean, he's been Mr. Reliable, whether you use him on kind of those short passing plays or let him try to run, giving him three opportunities to me is not a way to jumpstart your offense. He's exactly what I think 
the team should have been relying on with a new quarterback, new O-line. That should be the guy that you try to rely a little bit on, lean on a little bit to just get the team going. And I feel like we didn't really see him relied upon until the fourth quarter. And I feel like that's when the team turned it around. So again, my positive is the fourth quarter. I think, I think the, the, Quarterback play, the wide receiver play, stay the O line was given a little negative. bit. Stay with the negative. But the negative <laughs> was not using Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he, we have him, he's healthy. We've needed him for so long, and here he was, and we didn't take advantage of that. Sure. So what what was more to the team's detriment? Not running Christian McCaffrey or our run defense? Oh, our run defense. They chalked up two hundred like fifteen yards rushing on us. Yeah, was you, it two fifteen? It was something. It was, like that. It was over two hundred. It was, was over two hundred. Okay. You, it, yeah, the, abs, unequivocally, that was the bigger issue for us because it, they controlled. I think double the amount of clock time that we did. I'd have to go back, but it was like almost exactly double the amount of uh, play clock time that we did. And you know, when you're trying to get back into a game and another team is just able to continue bounce out five yard runs, six yard runs, you know, and continue to gain first downs and chew up clock. I mean that I was screaming at the TV at points like you have, it's going to be a run. It's going to be a run. Now it wasn't always right, but, um, a, but a few times, yeah. but, but you know, it, it, it was so obvious that what their plan was, you know, they were up a few points. Our offense had been anemic. They felt like they could just run it down our throats. And in fact, they did really until the fourth quarter. They did. I get what you're saying, but I think to BK's point, if we had mixed in some more McCaffrey and some more Dante Foreman, perhaps we would not have been off the field in under a minute or two because of all those incomplete passes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we would not have put up over 200 yards on the ground against them, but we came close while putting up like maybe half of the total yards that they put up on us. Yeah. Yeah. Sound about right? That I don't sounds know. about so, right. <laughs> anyway, run defense was was horrible. Yeah. They were horrible. But a lot of failures in the game. A lot sure. of fa- there were. Yeah. Mel, I think y'all covered all. I was gonna say run defense. It was just abysmal. And I don't know what the problem's been for the last two years. I've, I heard someone say, I don't know what year it was they left, but people like um, Star Latulale and and those kind of guys would would um, they enabled some of your other guys to be more effective in there and even people like Brian Burns to be more effective in his game and so forth. I don't know all the finer nuances like that, but I think that there's whole, there are holes missing that, that we desperately need to feel. I think we play with two very fast, um, defensive tackles, but they are not, you know, when you play quickly at at defensive tackle and you're coming off the edge, a lot of times you're trying to go around your defender. Um, not your defender, your offensive lineman, mm-hmm. your offensive tackle, whatever it is. Uh, and when you do that, it creates a hole there, you know, and that hole's mm-hmm. got to be filled by a linebacker or a shifting defensive uh, uh, lineman. So I don't know, man. It uh, We've clearly got to be able to do something. One, read the run better. So when we know there's going to be a shift and there's going to be a run to one side, we got to have linebackers that can drop down into the box and cover those holes. I mean, that's that's critical. Uh, and then two, recognize that while we have 
especially with Brian Burns, defensive tackles that can get to the quarterback, it does create a weakness in the game, you know, in terms of the way that the defense functions. So you've got to scheme out of that, you know, and I just don't feel like we've we've done that. We've got a we've got a, a Ferrari, but we need some dump trucks in there to kind of <laughs> yeah. plug some holes. I feel you like know, you, you but, end um, up with people like Brian Burns who are really good, not looking quite as good statistically and so forth, because they're trying to do too much. They're trying to cover their job plus somebody else's. Yeah, well, I, I think he's also just a little light for a defensive he is. end. He the is. scheme is weird. He's and not going to stop that Kareem Hunt. And to to add to your list, Adam, we need to finish tackles. We need to... Oh, God, that was oh, horrible. Yeah. You're right. That we, was so bad. Under under Sean McDermott and, and Rivera, too, the, the defense really... I mean, the defenses were good, generally speaking. And, and if you could count on one thing, it was them finishing tackles. And you always see a lot of players converging. I don't see that as much. They're a little bit slower to the ball, even though they should be a faster defense in comparison to other teams that really... like. The the Seahawks defense was running around thumping, wrapping up three people on the ball carrier really quickly, and we're not finishing tackles like that. We're not getting to the ball like that. I don't know how many tackles Nick Chubb broke in that game, oh, but wow. they were he's fantastic. Was, he was constantly, you know, that's the thing is we were getting to the ball, and that's the frustrating thing. I don't know if this is just coaching or just you know, we were getting to the ball in the backfield and he was consistently breaking tackles and moving on. Like it was nothing, you know, and it's like, slow up, you know, slow up instead of going for these, these, you know, shoulder tackles or whatever, slow up and contain until you can get more help. Cause that guy was just, people were just bouncing off of him yeah. man. it was crazy. So, all right, well, we've been on that topic long enough. Let's move on to the positives. BK, you've been chomping at the bit. What do you think? Fourth quarter. It was just, it really was. I, I can't, I don't feel like I felt that way much in the last two years. The fact that there were accurate long passes that resulted in significant yards and or touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. It was exciting. And to go through three quarters thinking this is horrible, and then in one quarter seeing how fast it could be turned around and seeing the confidence build that was that was exciting and that provides some hope going forward i think we we said last week that game 1 was really going to be you know informative of where this team is and i think because there's so many new parts it's really helpful to have such drastic outcomes between parts of the game so that hopefully if the coaching staff paid attention, they know, okay, here's what was working. Here's what wasn't. And hopefully the players are starting to catch rhythms with each other and things like that. So the fourth quarter was without question, the high point of the game. It was an exciting game at the end. We haven't had much of that lately. Mm -mm. So I don't want to walk away from this game saying all is lost we're doomed for the whole season again i don't know if i'll stand by everything i predicted last week (laughs) but at the same time that fourth quarter led me to believe that there's reason to be hopeful in some upcoming games will i couldn't have said it better myself i agree completely with everything you said um there was a lot of hope in at the end of that game. It was exciting. Um, you know, the, those are things that the Panthers have been sorely lacking, especially under rule. 
Um, I don't know if he is good enough for the NFL, um, but this was this was something better than what we've been seeing in the past, and so I'll you know I'll reluctantly take that, and we'll we'll see what happens going forward. You know, there there are going to be plenty of tough games. Yep. I expect them to improve. I would hope they do, of course, and they'll need to because if they, you know, don't start playing more like the fourth quarter. Um, we'll lose a lot of games this season, but anyway, on the positive takes, um, there's hope. What about you? My thoughts the same. One different perspective I want to bring here again, Mikey said this and I thought about it and he, he was right because I noticed it during the game. One thing he was very, um, encouraged about was it seems like in the past several years, don't even know how many. All, every single play was predictable. It was, you know, we could predict in exactly what down, what everything that was going to do, who was going to get the ball, all that kind of stuff, and we were very predictable. He said this time, you know, even when we were watching it, and if you'll think back watching it, you would think, oh, Christian's going to get the ball. Well, of course, he never got the ball. But right. you would, you couldn't predict what kind of what play was coming and, and where was it going. So I think that is a positive in the play calling now. Of course, it didn't work out to our benefit necessarily in the first three quarters. But And then the other positive being that, like you said, in the fourth quarter, I was very, um, gosh, disappointed with Baker Mayfield. I was like, what? he can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, he let loose with that 75-yard pass to Robbie Anderson and I was so happy for Robbie too because we've really been bashing him this offseason. I I predicted that I don't know if y'all remember I called it 80 but I'll take 75. You did you did that is true. I didn't get to see if it was a double move but I definitely said it'd be a double move and uh, an 80 yard bomb. Um, I'm going to give my positive built off the negatives and and this is going back to uh, last week's podcast you know, one of the things that BK actually mentioned was just that concerns that we had not played our first string together very much during the preseason. And I think that was evident, especially with the exchanges between the center and Gosh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Mayfield. You know, there were so many balls that hit the ground and, you know, it actually could have gone worse than it did. Um, but that's something that's fixable. And, you know, you get those four or five plays back, those balls not being on the ground and there being a viable play there, um, you know, that could have that could have had a, a significant outcome on the game. And just also the connections between, uh, you know, the other players in Mayfield, I, I felt like that started to come along towards the end of the game. Involving McCaffrey more definitely made sense, and I, I would hope that the coaching staff would see that. But for as abysmal as those first three quarters were, for us to be in a position to actually win the game, you know, with 16 seconds to go or whatever it ended up being, and, um, you know, that that was encouraging because I feel like, especially on the offensive side, those things are fixable. You know, ba- Baker Mayfield's not always going to be playing against Miles Garrett and, and Javadon Cla- uh, Clowney or whatever. And, you know, I, I so I th- and those people know him, so they they know how to read him. They knew exactly what he was going to do, and that that kind of advantage is not always going to exist every time we play a team, and I don't expect it to exist uh, when we play the Giants this week. So I think that you know you erase those balls being put on the ground, you erase uh, that kind of heightened awareness of what the other player is going to do from the you know Cleveland's defensive side. 
and you have a, a, a bit more chemistry there between Mayfield and the other players. And I think we could see a drastically improved offensive outing uh, this coming week. And, you know, that and that that is encouraging. Um, you know, hopefully the defense will be able to match what I anticipate to be improvement there. But uh, that's that's what I'm seeing. That's so, something to look forward to. Sorry, BK. Sorry. So uh, Will, Will Stradamus, Spicy, and I were together for the game. But Mel, you were at the game. What can you tell us about the atmosphere in the stadium uh, for game one? Well, first of all, the atmosphere I thought was it was great. Um, there were a lot of Browns fans there. It looked <laughs> like it. Yeah. yeah. Quite honestly, it was. And if you'll look on TV, because you can notice it's more of the Browns fans are in the lower levels and so forth. And that's even more frustrating. But they were there and a lot of them had on um, Baker Mayfield jerseys, you know, for the yeah. Cleveland Rail. So I'm not sure how to read that. Um, but the energy was really good. And right there at the end, when a lot of people had already left and given up, it I don't know if y'all could tell it on TV, but it was getting pretty loud and raucous in there. People were, were doing their part. So I was encouraged by that. The one, the the worst outfit I saw was um, a woman wearing. I love these. <laughs> yeah, a woman wearing her um, crop top with her jean shorts and her knee high, high heel suede boots. Nice. Mm-hmm. Was that that wasn't your outfit? Was it? No, no? that wasn't my outfit. <laughs> I I cannot I can't figure out some of these. The people worst outfit anyway. I saw was when I looked in the mirror that morning. <laughs> no, the outfit did not. In its in and of itself, look horrible. It's just like, what are you thinking? Like, yeah, yeah. And speaking of fashion faux pas, it is so irritating to see all these people come to the game with their random jerseys on. I saw Giants. I saw Tom Brady. I saw Cowboys. You see everything. And then there is a ton of people with nothing on whatsoever that could tell you what team they are pulling for. It's just a random day at the office or what have you for them. Nothing at all. It's like, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to show up with like just black or, or, or something? I mean, everybody could find just a a shirt, can't they? Look like you at least know where you're at, right? <laughs> Speaking of being able to find something to wear to the game, how would you like your very own Cackalack Panthers Chat t-shirt? That's right. The CPC crew has created our very own t-shirts. And as a matter of fact, we'd like to give one away to a listener. If you're the first person to retweet the episode once we post it to Twitter and shoot us a message with your shirt size, we will send one to you. They look awesome, and they're very comfortable, so you should definitely take the free shirt. Yeah, it's it's a good idea. It's some sweet merch, people. (laughs) Tweet us. We'll get it to you. Drop it in the mail. You'll love it. Well, guys, we gave you our predictions, our last podcast, what we thought would happen for the year, and everything changes with one game. So, everybody, what is your one prediction you would like to change? I'll jump in here. I'm going to tell you one that I'm not going to change. What's that? I predicted that we would be a 9-8 and eight team, and I'm sticking with that. Nothing about that game told me that we weren't going to still achieve that level of, quote, success. Uh, but the one thing that I will change, though, is my predictions for DJ Moore. I think I predicted either 1,250 or 
1,300 yards or something like that, and eight touchdowns. I don't think DJ got noticed, but maybe once or twice in that game, which was a bit discouraging. Uh, so doesn't look like he's going to have the connection that he is going to need to have in order to achieve those numbers. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But uh, that's the prediction that I'm going to change. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1050, five touchdowns. So I'm going to take a nice slow walk back from my prediction that we're going to lead the league in interceptions. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to go along with that, uh, that we will allow the fewest passing yards in the NFL. We're going to, I think we're going to allow a lot of passing yards this year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mel. And I would like to take back the uh, CMC thousand thousand season. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> Not so subtly yeah, take that one back. Yeah. Aligning yeah. our expectations for our offense a little bit more realistically now after the first game, yeah. it sounds like. Isn't it crazy? I mean, people accuse the Jets fans of getting so up for everything, and I would hear Jets fans call into the, the, the NFL radio stations and so forth, and they would be so optimistic. We're winning the Super Bowl! Yes. <laughs> yes, and they said, that's what happens to Jets fans every year, and I feel like that. It's kind of us this year, but yeah. we could be right. It's the first game. We could be so. Look, Aaron Rodgers had a horrible first game. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with Green Bay? The first game last year and again this year. So, hey. Yeah, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He still is Aaron Rodgers, but I'm saying the whole team was crappy and everybody thought, oh, fool, what's happened to Green Bay? I don't think the wheels fell off in that game. And I think what we witnessed at the end of the game to BK's points uh, was – was encouraging. So I, I'm not discouraged, and I don't think that that is going to be indicative of the way that we're going to play this season. I, I think it's going to change. Um, and we'll have an opportunity to play against a, a decent Giants team, you know, this coming week. And so uh, I'm predicting a win there. So I, I definitely think we're going to win. Um, and, you know, I hope to be proven right. I will say this I am honestly looking forward to watching the game on Sunday and I have not been looking forward to Panthers games in a, in a long time I, don't I, think. I will make an admission here and this is something I hate to do but I have to do it right now because I'm sitting number one in my fantasy league uh, Saquon Barkley is my running back and normally normally I would not start him because he's playing the Panthers but I'm going to start him I'm getting a lot of bad looks in here right now yeah you know I I'm I'm, I'm anxious to see this game this week. I think this weekend's game is really going to be telling, figure out how we bounce back what we learned from week one. And to be honest, at the beginning of the season, I was kind of counting on the Giants being a win for us. But surprisingly, they took out the Titans last weekend. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. There were there were a lot of surprising outcomes in the NFL week one, I think. <laughs> Um, the Giants definitely being one of them, and Saquon, they they definitely got big numbers out of him. After what the Browns did in the run game this past weekend, I have some concerns about being able to contain <laughs> yeah. Saquon. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I know I predicted us to blow out the Browns. I think that this game is going to be another close game. Um I, I still think we're going to win. Um, 
we're going to get to see our our old friend Graham Gano. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Th- that'll be another another fun uh, part. Hopefully, we'll still pull out the win, um, but it's definitely going to be more interesting than I thought at the beginning of the season in light of how each team played week one. I'm going to be the contrarian. I, I don't think we're going to win. And part of that is just me saying it because maybe if I say and think we won't win, we will. Cause I was so disappointed last week. All right, guys, before we end the show, we'd like to thank the crew that makes it possible. Our chief program editor, Susan B. Cutting, our head of culinary affairs, Mo Salt and his half-sister, Alessa Salt, our inspirational but impatient preacher of a few words, Dr. Right Meow, our office plant horticulturalist, Stella Green, our old but new chief music producer, Vinyl Ritchie, and our just-back-from-Ikea Swedish players correspondent, Han DeField, our sexual harassment investigator, Hans Hoff, our German heartburn healer, Hal Kasselser, our office custodian, Schwepp Ahir, our new office intern, Anna Prentice, our on-call and never-stalled staff urologist, I.P. Freely, our game-loss predictor, Lance Lide, our just-back-from-his-six-month kibbutz, our Quaker Oats <laughs> liaison, Kareem Owit, and finally, our Louisiana Bayou correspondent, Ali Gator. That's it, everyone. That's the end of the show. Y'all have anything else to say? Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, everyone, and thanks so much.